Welcome on in. Welcome on in to the Leadership Podcast. The Leadership Podcast is where we will explore transformational power of personal leadership. We're going to deep dive into conversation with influential leaders, experts, and change makers who are reshaping the way we lead and inspire others. Our goal here on the Leadership Podcast is simply to influence, inspire, and empower men to make the shift in their personal leadership by becoming the best version of themselves. We will share tools, tips, and resources to ignite self-awareness and authenticity. It's all about helping men become more effective and impactful in their leadership. Get ready. The shift is about to take place. It's the Leadership Podcast with Dwayne Roberts. Unlock your true potential with the Leadership Community, where we empower men to embrace self-awareness and authenticity. Introducing the Leadership Community, where we believe in helping men become the best version of themselves. It all starts with self-awareness, and we encourage men to take a step back, pause, and reflect on their thoughts, emotions, and behavior. Embrace their authenticity and break free from societal expectations. Here are just a few testimonies from individuals. Leadership helped me develop self-awareness and embrace my authentic self. And now I feel more confident and fulfilled. Question, are you ready to unlock your potential? If so, join the leadership community today and embark on a transformational journey of self-discovery and personal growth. Leadership empowers men to become the best version of themselves through self-awareness and authenticity. You can learn more about the leadership community by visiting the webpage DwayneHRoberts.com. On today's podcast, guys, we got a phenomenal guest. We're talking to Tiffany Harvey. She's the NCO of TLC Harvey Investments and LLC, where she specializes in government contracting, consulting services. She oversees two unique ventures. Tiffany, uh, speak with Tiffany and pick your sweet poison. I'm interested to learn more there. She ha- she's an author of a devotional titled Joy 365, um, a daily devotional for joy restoration, your daily source for inspiration as well as empowerment. Um, pick your sweet poison is her passion project where she encourages individuals to embrace mixology for creating lasting memories as well as joyful moments. Fellas, give a warm welcome to my friend, Tiffany Harvey. What's happening, Tiffany? Hi, how are you doing today? Good, 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 man. So grateful to have you on the show with us today. Listen, um, we get ready to get this thing started. Introduce yourself to the people. I know I did a a halfway <laughs> job, I hope anyway, but tell the people a little bit more, more about who you are and how you desire to serve. Yes. No, thank you. You did a great job with the opening. I, uh, I appreciate it. You made me sound so important, um, <laughs> but no, um, yes, I do a lot of different things. Um, you know, right now my career nine to five job is um, I'm a, the chief of acquisitions at department of interior, um, but I'm also a naval officer, um, supply officer in the Navy Reserves for over 18 years. Um, 
that's how my um, LLC got started, Tia Harvey Investments. I'm now able to provide consultation services to small and medium-sized business, you know, whoever wants to get into doing government contracting, being a government contractor. There's so many myths out there. There's so many people offering things um, to try to say you're going to win, but that's just not true. So um, that is definitely one of the things I've learned over the years where small businesses want to get in and they can support the government. They just don't know how. Um, so that's one of the passions that I'm now taking on. But then also, yes, yeah, speaking and writing. I am one of the co-authors in the upcoming devotional that will be released in six weeks, uh, three, uh, George 365. Um, and that there came as a... Um, in a time of pain, it really, you know, that devotion allowed me to just share a small piece of my testimony with everybody. But, you know, try to bring some encouragement to let everyone know that no matter what storms come into your life, you can overcome them as well as God has already prepared you for them. So that's where the speaking and the writing comes from. It was never my passion to speak and write. But the one thing I learned every storm is that your testimony is not your testimony. You're supposed to share it with others. So that's where the speaking and writing came from. And then the mythology, oh my goodness, just a hobby turned into now a business because as I was going through my divorce, I had friends who loved on me, who poured into me and they would not let me be alone. And that's the good thing about friendship. They actually saw a business in me that I would just doing just to make everyone happy. And so when a friend of mine said, you know what? You make great cocktails without using recipe cards. You need to look and see if you can make this into a business. And so that's what I did. I did some market research. I found there was a niche. I found it was something I could break into. So now it's my passion to teach other, especially women, to be comfortable with all types of liquor, to be comfortable making all types of drinks, just like it's so easy for us to go into a mall and buy some shoes and clothes. I want you to go into your bar, into your kitchen and make a great cocktail. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, man, this is this is great. So it's so much rich history uh, about behind Tiffany. Right. Um, let's unpack some of that. Let's talk about it. I heard you say you got 18 years of service in uh, the Naval Reserve. What moved you to go into uh, serve your country? Honestly, when I graduated Florida A&M University in 05, I could not get a job. I was a newly graduate. I didn't do an internship only because my internship failed when 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. So no one was doing paid internships during that time. But I put myself through school, so I could not take an unpaid internship. So when I graduated, I had no experience. Mm -hmm. No one tells you that going in, that you graduate, go to school for four or five years, get this nice degree, and you cannot get a job. Right. So, <laughs> so I ended up getting a job at Hertz, rental car. Yeah. And one of my good friends, one of my best friends, her mom was actually Army and retired Army. And she had just went into the army and her mom pulled me aside. when They say, you know, you know, you could go into any military branch as an officer since you have a degree. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
So I went to the every recruiting station, um, Air Force, Navy, Army. I didn't go to the Marine Corps, nothing against Marine Corps. Love y'all, but wasn't for me. <laughs> so Air Force actually told, they wouldn't take me. They told me my degree was not good enough. I had an agriculture business degree and a minor in economics. They told me your degree is not good enough. You should have had a regular business degree or a regular economic degree. So I couldn't go into the Air Force as an officer. Um, Army tried to convince me to go in as enlisted. Mm. Um, and I was like, mm, no. And she had already warned me of that. She's like, no, they're going to try to persuade you. They're going to try to push you. Do not do it. It's a trick. I didn't listen. I mean, I didn't do it. So I went to the Navy. Navy was a, it was a young black officer recruiter in there. And he was the only one that really sat me down and said, you could do this. He told me what book to go study for. He told me, you know, how to prepare for taking the advancement test, for the officer test. Because the Navy is the only one back then that had a different test for officers. Everyone else was still using the ASVAB. Let's say I took it the first time. I failed because I didn't listen. Mm -hmm. The second time I took it, I aced the test so much where when I got accepted, they wanted to pick me up as an NFO, backseat pilot. Mm. That's not something I wanted. But I was able to come in as a supply officer, and that's the logistics part of the um, Navy. So dealing with the money, the finances. So that's how my career actually got started. You know, it was thank God for a great friend and me being young and listening to someone who's trying to guide me. Man, you know, I'm going to tip my hat to that one because you're absolutely right. Young 24, 25-year-old taking um, some advice from Mm -hmm. an elder. We typically don't do that. Um, And I think uh, that that is probably one of the uh, leadership factors that I've noticed about about your journey um, is is that you've taken the advice, um, you listen to what others had to say, and you not only listen or obeyed it because uh, in uh, the Hebrew word for listen is to obey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but many of us think that obedience is something that we don't want to be told what to do. But when you can follow a block of instructions, you'd be surprised where you can be led to. Um, yes. Yes. I mean, but before you could be a leader, you know, the old saying, you have to be an Indian versus being a chief. You have to know how to follow. Yeah. You have to know how to follow before you can lead. Yeah. So I was always taught that as a very young age from when I started working. I started working when I was 14. Yeah. And luckily for me, I think every job I ever been in, I always had a great leader to sit me down to explain to me the mm. process. Explain to me, here's where you are now, but here's where I want you to go. Yeah. But before, but you have to do this so you could get here. You have to understand this before you get here. And they always tell me, never have a big head. Yeah. You never have a big head and never stop learning. Come on. Listen, um, th- that's amazing. What um, one, let me say thank you for your service. Um, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fellow uh, service member too in the army. I was in the army national guards and on active duty as well. Um, and here, here's the interesting thing. I'm logistics. <laughs> I started. <laughs> so my question, my interest here is now is the, is the Navy's uh, logistical portion kind of similar to what the army is. Um, I worked in the S4. Is that the same? Okay. Uh, so your S4 is going to be different from my S4. Okay. All so right. what was what is Army S for? I don't I don't remember all Army acronyms. Um, uh, 
don't look, look, it's been so long. Don't give me the line. But uh, with logistics, so I worked at the battalion level. Okay. I worked at the battalion level, um, where and we oversee all the all the companies, ensuring that they had uh, all uh, supplies and everything yeah, that they required. Got so, it. Yeah. So so yes, it it is. Um, so when I was on active duty, I was the supply officer on the USS Nashville. Okay. And so, I came in as a dispersing officer that making sure everybody get paid, you know, making sure mm. everybody was on travel, making sure the money was properly um, there. Um, and then also oversaw the ship store, um, which again, making sure we had enough snacks, foods, mm. you know, supplies. Um, then I'm from postal service to food service. So yes, I think it's all the same okay. thing for the army, anything financially, yeah. That had to be purchased on behalf of the government. Yes, I oversaw. That's good. Yeah, I love that. Good stuff, man. It's interesting when you you meet a fellow logistics logistics. I can't get the word out. Logistics. There you go. But uh, <laughs> um, service members too, man. So I want to say thank you for your service. Now, navigating that space, man. What was that like navigating that space? I, I hear you took a block of instructions. You followed them. You applied them. Uh, what, what what was some of the challenges moving forward in that uh, career? I'm going to be honest. And I know I heard someone tell me one time, to me, you couldn't have known. You couldn't have thought that. When I came into the Navy, I never thought, honestly, I was walking into a white man's world. Mm. I'm going to be honest. I didn't grow up in a all-black community or all-white community. I grew up in a very mixed Mm. diverse community. I'm from Fort Pierce, Florida, and it's very mixed. It's a, very, it's a melting pot. So when I went to school from the time I was in elementary and up, it was always multiple white people, black people, Asian, Hispanic. So I didn't deal with a lot of racial mm-hmm. things until I came to the military. Mm. And I again, I never thought that in 2025, excuse me, in 2005 or 2006, when I came in, what's happening? <laughs> Have you, you? I know. <laughs> I'm all the way in the future. <laughs> 2005, when I actually came in and I actually stepped on board my first ship in 2026. Um, yeah, 2006. Lord, I'm trying to just jump ahead. 2006. I will step and I will be the, the only black woman keyword at that time mm. because I was assigned to a, a LPD. And when the ships were designed back in the sixties, they were not built for birth. The birthing was not built for men and women. Mm. So the only females was officers. So it was one other female. When I got there over my next about two and a half years, more females will come. But I'll get one, maybe two other black women, but they was temporary, mm-hmm. you know, or they, they just leave. They wasn't really permanent. So honestly, I stepped on board. I was excited. It's like, okay, I'm here. But within my first, I'm going to say four weeks, I had two black male officers pull me aside and they say, you need to be prepared. Matter of fact, I got this warning even before I got on the ship from a chief. And he said, you need to be prepared. You're going to need to be strong. I didn't, I didn't still didn't understand what everyone was telling me. They said, you are young. You are beautiful. You about to catch some hell. 
on the ship again, 25. I'm like, what y'all talking about? It's just a job, right? That's yeah. what I'm thinking. I'm just, I'm just at another place. This is just another job that I have to do well. Until I got hit with um, fraternization. Mm. Now, I don't know if everybody who's been in the military know what fraternization is. Basically, someone accused you of improper behaviors with enlisted. So, mm-hmm. i.e. sets or kissing, some kind of inappropriate behavior with one of my own guys. Mm. I was, um, that's when I realized the Navy was breaking me down. Mm. That's when I realized everything about me, my voice, who I was, my character, it was being chipped away slowly by the Navy and it was getting too much for me to bear. Mm. And it really did get too much for me to bear because I had to turn to alcohol. At 25, 26, no one prepared me for the mental challenge of what I had to deal with coming in as an officer. Not just an officer, but a Black female officer. Mm. I saw my Black male officers. They didn't go through half of what I got put through. The white female officers, they didn't go through half. Their voices never got challenged. What were some of those challenges you faced there? It was... If you go into, you know, a room where you have to do a briefing, they didn't get questioned. Not mm. they got questioned, basic, but I got questioned like 10, 15 questions. It's like I had to always be smarter. I always had to, you know, over elaborate that I knew what I was talking about for whatever reason. I always seemed like I had to fight harder for everything when I was in a room. Mm. Yeah, man. Man, I, it's tough. That's 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 very tough. So you're always having to prove yourself, prove your knowledge, pr- prove your why you here. So to Correct. speak, Man. right? Almost like you're you shouldn't be here. You should not be wearing this uniform. Mm. And, and how how did you manage that? Yes, I did turn to drinking for a short period of time mm-hmm. because it was convenient. Correct. It was it was easy, especially when you have people on a ship and you you don't you don't have anyone to talk to. And you if you're deployed and you men of the ocean. You have no one to talk to, no one to confide in. You you turn to the easy thing. And mm. for me, when we pulled in the port, I just go have a drink. Because it was it was a way for me to take the pain away, that initial pain away that I was feeling. Yeah. Because I knew I couldn't fight everyone on a ship. Right. Especially when you are raised, you don't allow no one to disrespect your name. You could do that on your own. And so when my name was being taken away from me. I didn't know how to fight. I was mm. so young. I didn't know how to speak up. Wow. But it took, honestly, God knew what I needed. And I had a fellow officer. He was the chaplain. And he pulled me aside one day and he said, Tiffany, how are you dealing with this? And honestly, I really wanted to tell the truth. I wanted to just say I'm hurt. I'm in pain. I can't deal with this anymore. But the immaturity side and the scare side said nothing. I just said, I'm okay. But he knew and he saw it written on my face. So that day he started sending me daily devotionals every single day to start my day off. And that what got me through. He he didn't, I don't even think he know he, I think he saved my life. He changed the path 
of where my wife, my life could have been by just sending me daily devotionals. And I read them every day. And it really changed my perspective when I woke up and put my uniform on of how I was going to deal with life. Man, man, that's so powerful. I mean, I just want to I just want to unpack that because mm-hmm. what I hear is uh, one, there's an isolation. Who do I turn to and talk to in in this moment? Um, I, and I'm and I'm curious here. Um, when the allegations came forward, um, was it from a peer or was it just from? Uh, do you know? I don't even know if you know that. I, honestly, I don't know who reported me. Yeah, I really don't. I we just assumed what the situation was. Um, I was the food service off. Well, I was the dispersing officer. And I was in the wardrobe, which is the officer's um, kitchen mess. <laughs> and I was walk- doing a walkthrough with one of the guys in the back. So, but the door to go out that door was locked from the opposite side. I had no clue. And so I'm trying to get out the door and I'm trying to get out the door. And I think when somebody finally opened the door and I stepped through they saw me and they saw him right behind me. So they just assumed. Assume. Yeah. But again, maybe. you got to remember, this is the middle of work hours. This wasn't in the middle of the nights or yeah. early mornings. This was in the middle of work hours. So to make that assumption was way off base. Man. Okay. Oh, oh that's just cute. But uh, just navigating that space um, uh, to the place and point, it pushed you to a place where you just found wanted to find the easy way out. I think sometimes we, when we face challenges, we're always looking for the easy way out. Mm-hmm. How many of us just give up and give in to the first temptation, you know? Um, and, and unfortunately, uh, that first temptation for you was drinking. Did, how, how severe or how bad down the road did you go before you recognize it or catch it? Um, I didn't get that far. Okay. Um, I mean, for me, I didn't get that. I didn't get that far. Um, it wasn't like I was waking up every morning where my days off, I need a drink. I knew I took a drink before I stepped on board that ship. Now that I will say, because I needed the encouragement at Could you that point. alcohol back on the ship or no? Could we have alcohol on the ship? Yeah. Only, um, doing, um, certain times if it was approved. Okay. So, so, so before, like, so if we was in port, uh-huh. um, say we were back in Virginia beach, that was our home port. Before I walk on board, I knew I had to, I need to take me a drink that morning. to make it through that day all right because you just didn't know what you were going to deal with and for me i never knew what was coming my way it could Mm -hmm. be the smallest thing i'd be looking like now what wow now what so you had this this individual who who saw something in you um not only that but who wanted to inspire you and give you more hope um, mm-hmm. and, and you said this hope help you, uh, put, help you, he saved your life in so many words. Right. And so how, how does that put, fast forward us today to what, what Tiffany does today, how she's making impact today? Yeah. So it's crazy that he sent me daily devotionals to get me through that particular storm that I never saw coming, but This is what I say where not all storms come into your life to break you. Hmm. Some come to put you on your path and your purpose. See, God was preparing me in that storm that I didn't know to get ready for the storm of when I got married. Hmm. I was only married for three years. And when I got married, honestly, I thought I married 
like most people, the love of your life. The first man I really gave my heart to, the first man I said, I really love you to and genuinely mean it. You know, yeah. we sometimes say stuff we don't mean. <laughs> and so we, the topic, sis. We were married for three years. We had, a, you know, beautiful jobs. I mean, beautiful home, great jobs. We had a brand new baby, baby boy. But shortly after I got married, things changed immediately. Intimacy stopped. Communication stopped. Coming home later and later and later. Seems like everything I said stopped. So that storm got me ready because what I didn't see coming was just after just hitting literally the three year mark, not even, not even 10 days after our third anniversary, it got so bad to where I said, you know what? I need a break because we tried counseling, but nothing I said, he was hearing me. So I just said, Hey, I remember my grandmother saying, you know, a little time apart, to make the heart grow fonder. So that's what I thought. And maybe we just had a little time apart. Mm. And when I told him this plan, all I got was I want a divorce. Not only I want a divorce, he bought a house. All this was in like mm, 10 days. I want a divorce. I'm buying a house. I'm sitting there angry, enraged, hurt. I'm like, what just happened? I, I, Yes, I will. Everything I do, I'll have a very structured life. I have to, to keep all the pieces together. So when my personal life was falling apart, I was going down fast. Mm. And then when I overheard him tell his mom that I was never his queen, a piece of me broke. Mm. And I just saw this big storm coming into my life that I'm like, where did it come from? And how was I going to make it through? But instead of turning to alcohol, I turned to my my devotionals. Come the on. first thing I did mm. was went back to what got me through the last time and applied yeah. it this time. And I had devotionals written all sticky notes all over my computer. Man, you're I mean, about- yes, that that's when I said God prepared me, and I used the tools. That was given to me then by somebody yeah. to now apply it to myself because I can now pour into myself. I couldn't do it then. Yeah. But he taught me what I needed when a storm come into my life unexpectedly and what helped me get through it. Yeah, that's, that's a, that, that leads to another. It, it confirms the obedience from from the beginning. You know, um, while you didn't know what to do during the first challenge um, and you handled it the best way you thought to handle it, you know, the easy way. We all want the easy way out. But the second time you found yourself in the challenge and I'm just curious, how, how do you speak to people who find themselves over and over in the challenge and they keep falling, giving in to the easy way versus taking some time and assessing what you've been through before and what helped you navigate successfully the last time did this for me. What do you say to the people who just keep falling into the trap of what's easy? So this is something now I speak on and something I try to tell anyone. You have to take the time apart and you have to apply certain things. One thing you have to understand is understand the why. Why you are in that storm. God is never going to put you in something that he could develop you in. Sometimes he, you have to go through the pain 
and the hurt and the tears. And it's not always going to be pretty, but it's almost like the military says, they, we, we got we to gotta break you down from your old self to build you up. Yeah. God sometimes has to put us in situations because while he tried to tell us, don't go down that road, don't go through that door. But we didn't listen to the easy when he tried to tell us. So guess what? He had to make it hard enough for us to want to move, not to push us out of a certain situation. So when you're going through stuff, don't sit down and understand the lesson. Understand the why you're there. Because if you don't, you're going to continue to repeat that same storm. And you keep wondering, like, why the same thing continues to happen? Because you didn't learn your lesson. You always have to learn the lesson of the storm. Yeah. To not so the storm won't come and repeat itself. But when you're in a storm, you also have to find peace. And that's something I had to do. I had to find peace. It's like a hurricane. I'm from Florida. I went through a lot of hurricanes in my lifetime. And you will always hear a meteorologist say the eye of the storm. You don't, you don't, they're in the eye of the storm because they have rain, but they don't have enough winds. They don't have all the raging winds coming around them. It's not tearing the roofs off the houses like the outer part of the storm. So sometimes we have to be strong enough to walk head first in the storm to find the peace Mm -hmm. in the storm where you can now sit and you can listen to God and you could call on God and ask him, what is it that you want me to learn from this storm? Come on. And you can figure out what you need to do now to get through the storm and come out victorious on the other side. Now, if you take the easy road, one, you want to continue to repeat it. And two, you're not going to win. Mm. You're not going to win. Wow. And, and, and it's so, so funny, though. We think we'll win, though. We think that if we keep doing it my way, eventually something will break. When the truth is, we have to learn the lesson. What's the lesson? God wants to develop you in the storm is what I heard you say. Yes. You got to understand that why and finding the peace in the storm, being able to find the comfort in the challenges, find, finding, finding, finding that, uh, finding that shelter yes. in the storm, you know, and figuring it out. I think that's the, if anything is the most difficult piece is figuring it out. How were you able to figure it out for yourself? Coming oh, back? Honestly, and I'm going to say something that we don't always speak in our community, therapy. Mm. I had two therapists and I had family and friends. I had a spiritual therapist and I had a medical therapist. I needed, I knew I needed both of them to get me through because my spiritual side was being challenged because I didn't want to question God. I never got to the point where I said, God, why did you do this? Why? Did you, you knew this man wasn't for me. Why didn't you just, you know, you know, take him out of my life a long time ago? I never got to that point. But then I need the medical therapist because the emotional side and the mental side took a hit so quickly, Mm. almost like the military. So I knew who to turn to quickly Mm. to get that help to pull me out from that depression, that anxiety that I, I knew I was going down that road. Yeah, I needed both of them to keep me together. You know, it was like a piece of a puzzle. If I didn't have one, I didn't have the other. I was not going to be whole and healed. So both of them, I knew what I needed. But then I had a good support system. So Mm -hmm. when I needed to vent and I needed to cry, 
I have family and friends. They allowed me to call them one, two, three o'clock in the morning just because it was on my heart and I just had to get it. And I, ha- I just had to get it out. So I would tell anybody, get seek help. Seek a therapist, either spiritual or medical. But also lean on not only your family, your friends, but you got to lean on God too. He's the number one person you need to lean on. And I thank God because he put all these people in my life. He put them in my life to help me through. They were like my army. Like Joshua, David, they had a mighty army. They were my army. They did not let me fail. They made sure I had my armor on at all times. They would never let me go down a road of talking negative or bad or why I did this or how I got here. or It was my fault. They, they never let me go down that road. And I thank God for them. And that's the only reason why I can sit here now and say, I am who I am is because of all of them. That's real good. How how do I find peace during the storm? And that's it right there. One, put God first. Um, be willing to seek therapy. Um, get around, surrounded around some great friends and family who are going to support you. You need a strong support system. Um, I love that because a lot of work that I do, I work with formerly incarcerated community as well as those individuals in recovery, right? Um, and so you really speak into the hardest are those that are challenged um, uh, in their sobriety. Uh, a, a long-term recovery. So this made me ask the question. I, I guess now I see how the book was formulated. Joy 365. Share us a little bit about uh, the, the the book, how it came together, um, and, and some of the um, uh, stories or writings behind the devotionals of what, what really was one or two devo- devotionals that help you unpack uh, for yourself. Yes. So it's not my book. I'm actually one of the co-authors in this particular devotional. So Dr. Um, Blackwell, a beautiful doctor, she has four other books. Um, and this is her last one in this particular series. Um, a good friend of mine, um, you interviewed Monique Pearson. Um, she was one of my main friends who helped me through. And she knew my story. She knew my testimony. And she's like, you have something to share. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who connected the both of us. And it was almost an instant like, yes, you have to do this. You have to do this. Now, again, I don't know about you all. Growing up, reading, writing was not my thing. I Even as an adult, I cringe sometimes <laughs> when I have to sit down and I was like, okay, I got to write this document. I got to write this. I have to get up and I have to speak. I can do it. I've got to the point where I know how to get over it, but it's never been my comfort. I'm a science math girl. Give me some numbers, you know, give me, (laughs) that's me. So when I had to sit down and I agreed to do the devotional, I actually just went back to my journals. It took Mm -hmm. my therapist, both of them, almost almost a year into therapy to get me to start writing. Cause I was so comfortable of just talking, i.e. taking the easy way out. Yeah. And you're talking, sticking to your boy. Right. Yeah. They had to push me and push me to say, just write. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just write. So when it came for me now to write my devotion, I went back and I looked at some of my journals and it hit me. Everything that stood out always, like you said, it circled around preparation. 
So my testimony is titled, I'm built for this. Mm. And it's all about you are who you were and you are prepared. Even if you don't know it, you have the strength of Joshua, Moses, Isaiah already in you. You could go through every storm and every battle. All you have to do is just trust in God. So this devotional she put together is 365 authors come together to share their story, Mm -hmm. their testimony, their affirmations. So it's like no other devotional out there because we're all so different, all walks of life. So you want to get a different perspective every single day. So you have the devotional piece that we all contribute to, but then you have a journal that you mm-hmm. also purchase that has an affirmation that we all contribute to. So you get a devotional and an affirmation. Even if you just want to use a journal as, you know, you don't have to write in it. You can use yeah. it as a manifestation. You can just write what are you manifesting for for that year, 2024. Every day, just write, take a journal page and write it down. You wow. can just write down how you're feeling. You can write down your hurt, your pain. It doesn't have to be anything. If there's no right way to what you write in your journal. And that's something I had to learn. And that's something I'm trying to share with everybody. My journal is not going to look like your journal because my journey doesn't look like your journey. Come my on. walk is not like your walk. Come on. God only created one of us. We are uniquely made. So guess what? Whatever you write, that's coming from your heart. So that's what's so special about this devotional. And I'm so proud to be a part of this project. And I can't, we're taking pre-orders now, but I cannot wait for the orders to really start coming in. Cause I'm, this is something that is, it helped me. It released something in me that was still chained to me. And I didn't even know. Wow. That's powerful. That's good. Oh uh, man. Uh, I'm excited. I think that's a, that's a powerful journal, uh, journal. I mean, book devotional that you guys have uh, put together 365 different points of views of mm-hmm. affirmations and, and, um, scripture, uh, to support and, um, empower women, right. Uh, to, to, to face the challenges in life. I want to say thank you for that. All right. So we're going to transition now. We're going to okay. transition into the passion project because now I got to, I have to ask this question because it's in my, it's in my head. How, how do, how does mixology becomes the passion project when it was like a challenge in your life? So, Honestly, easy because you had to find joy. And this is something that we don't do. Mm. When you're in pain, you're going through a storm, you're going through a battle. We never look for the joy. Mm. And the Bible tells us joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I had to find joy. And it just, my joy was my friend spending time with my friends. Mm-hmm. Just making a drink. And when my friend pointed it out, I realized when I'm in the kitchen or when I'm entertaining, I didn't think about anything else. Mm-hmm. It was really just about us coming together, laughing, having a good time. And I just learned, I think that we all know a good drink brings everybody together. A good drink, you could, you could have a really good time and everybody could just let their hair down. So that's kind of where my mixology business comes. It started in pain, but the joy behind it during that time now continues on. And I just want to share that with everyone. 
No, that's beautiful. I think I think that's beautiful. I, I guess um, part of me says, well, well, shucks, if that, it was a challenge for you, if that was was that was your vice that you went to because of the challenges in your life, um, and then you you find this joy in it to bring joy to other people. Um, that's hard. That's hard to conceptualize. I'm beyond. <laughs> No. sexualized you know how how did, how did the two come together for you you know I, I and i think i'm heard you say well it's because i said i was able to do it because i was with friends i wasn't right. i wasn't doing it because i was focused on a, a a challenge or a problem in my life i wasn't trying to drink away my woes my worries but i was mm-hmm. having finding joy in what i do and Speak. celebrating with friends. And yes. that's just it. You have to find the small things. And I look at that as a very small thing. I was entertaining. I was just enjoying the company of my friends and fellowshipping with them and having mm-hmm. laughter. And it just so happened, a friend saw you're really good at something. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know you've been doing this for years. This is not the first time I'm going to text your drinks, but I'm just, she, it's like she saw and in a different perspective that night, mm-hmm. God opened her eyes so she could share it with me. Yeah. Yeah. So again, no matter what you go through, it almost go back to your other question, how you get through that storm and what you can learn. You also have to find the joy in it. You can find joy in life in anything. If you wake up angry, sad, that's how your day going to start. But if you look for just a little bit of things, the joy. So for me, now making a cocktail and say, hey, taste this. Hey, try this recipe. Their eyes light up. I I, I mean, I go everywhere now. I, I have my massage therapist, my, my acupuncture, my accountant, my lawyer. I say, hey, I done made some new drinks. Can y'all taste some for me? They're like, oh, sure. Yes. We, 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 we're not going to say no. Oh, no, that's beautiful. Now, so, now, that's beautiful. Now, can these drinks be uh, virgin or they <laughs> all... Yeah, okay. All I do right. mocktails as well. So I have a cocktail recipe box called Pick Your Sweet Poison. That is the name of the business, Pick Your Sweet Poison. Um, you can purchase it on Amazon. It has over 60 plus cocktail recipes in it. It's mostly, yes, geared towards women, but I have found that men actually love the drinks as well. So I'm definitely happy to hear that. Yes. Uh, but I do make mocktails as well. I don't have the cocktail recipe box yet. Um, for that. But if someone requests mocktails, yes, I'm starting to do a digital download now, working on getting that ready. So if you see me post and you say, hey, Tiffany, is that in your box? I'm like, no, but you can digitally purchase it oh, now. And I will be doing the same thing for mocktails. So, yes. Good stuff. Phenomenal. Tiff, man, this was phenomenal. Um, you're such a treat. Enjoy to, to speak with. And um, man, you can hear the authenticity of your story and the impact that you desire uh, to make in the world today. We're going to close this thing out, man. And uh, one, I want you to uh, get, share a word for the people, man, to empower the people uh, to navigate successfully. And then secondly, um, let them know where they can find you, um, where they can follow you, and where they can get the the mixology cocktail and book from. <laughs> yes. So, no, I mean, honestly, if I could leave one thing with everyone, know that life is going to happen. Life is going to be life. But storms are going to come. 
John 16, 33 tells us that storming seasons are inevitable. But if you lean on him, you get some help, professional. You lean on your family and friends. They can't break you. You was already prepared for every single thing. So all you have to do is just trust in him, lean on him and stand in his world. And you're going to defeat every battle and come out victoriously every time. You can find me at um, on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at Tiffany Harvey. You can find me at um, Pick Your Sweet Poison and Speak with Tiffany. You can also find me on YouTube at um, Pick Your Sweet Poison. Instagram, uh, Speak with Tiffany and Pick Your Sweet Poison as well. Um, you can email me um, at Pick Your Sweet Poison at gmail.com. I do have a landing page. Uh, that would take you to all my different sites is tlharveyinvestments.com. That will take you to my, tell you more about my, um, the TL Harvey government contracts. That will navigate you to Pick Your Sweet Poison website as well as Speak with Tiffany. You will go on Speak with Tiffany. There is a shop page where you can find the pre-order for the uh, devotional, um, Joy365. Again, the Pick Your Sweet Poison recipe boxes are on Amazon for um, $38.99 right now. I think we have a special. And also, you can find all my gear. I, I do make shirts and mugs. Uh, I'm built for this sweaters. I'm built for this mugs. Um, I have an Etsy site called TL Harvey Speak. I post stuff every week. And honestly, I'm going to give y'all a little hint. Black History Month is coming. And if you are a military officer, you will notice there's no shirts out there for us. Mm. If you're a black military officer, you notice there's no shirts out there for us. I'm taking care of that. So if you follow me, you will see all the emails come out. Within the next two weeks, I will have all new shirts that say black military officers equal black excellence. Let's go. Listen, support uh, Tiffany and her her dream and vision. She, I'm built for this clothing line. I think that's what, can I say that? Is that safe? Yes. To say? yes. I think it's awesome. I, I was checking them out. I love what you got. Um, If you're looking for Tiffany, um, you're looking for a speaker, man, I encourage you to reach out to Tiff. She has some phenomenal topics that she loves to, to share uh, with you, like uh, how to find the peace during the storm. Um, who to talk to when no one looks like you. Um, go ahead, visit the, the webpage, speakwithtiffany.com. Follow her on Facebook as well as Instagram. Man, this was great. I'm your boy, Dwayne Roberts, and this is the Leadership Podcast. Um, please subscribe to where you listen to podcasts. As you always hear your boys say, your success is in your hands. Have a phenomenal day with purpose. God bless. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Leadership Podcast with Dwayne Roberts. We hope you found inspiration and practical wisdom that will help you in your leadership journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. We love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Remember, true leadership begins with you. Leadership is not a position. Leadership is not a title. Leadership is having positive influence on others. Keep shifting. Keep growing. 
keep leading with purpose. You can stay connected with Dwayne Roberts on all the social media platforms or by visiting our website, DwayneHRoberts.com. We want to say thank you. Remember, you have everything you need to make the leaders shift in your life. That's because your success is in your hands. Till next time, God bless.